0: Hello everyone. On this episode of the podcast we had my good buddy Ty come on. He shared some good insight and I hope you like it. So you've been studying a lot. You're uh yeah. trying to get your pilot's license? Yep. I've been
1: working a ton on my PPL and just trying to bang it all out now before before summer, summer hits. hits. Yeah. And what a better time
0: too, like, with the whole COVID situation. COVID
1: situation shut down and yeah what not
0: how's that been you've been how many hours you have to put in a day lately i've
1: been trying to put about five hours in like a couple hours in the morning a couple hours in the afternoon and yeah not too much because then it's like a brain overload and you don't actually retain a lot of information i find yeah but if you don't do enough then you're not actually gonna learn that much i don't think so i'm trying to just find a happy medium of
0: the right block
1: yeah what um part of the process are
0: you in? Like you've been. I'm in like there. three quarters
1: of the way done, both like the online, okay, the ground school part of it and the hands on flying part. Like I have three quarters of my hours, and on like the, it's like a tick box, I guess you could call it on the side, and I'm like 70 percent done. Okay, the online.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm about to crack it. About to crack it.
1: So I'm learning all about navigation and maps and yeah, how to read them and how they're projected from the globe onto a piece of paper. So like some, oh, it's, I could go on forever about <laughs> it. But like, it yeah, it's, it's a whole crazy thing. Cause some are like a flat. So yeah. like the North and South Poles are like super spread out and others are like a, a coned. Yeah. Perception. And then like, you only look at a square of that. So like, like the isogenic lines that go from North to South Pole are like still kind of curved on that even though they look flat on the on the map yeah it's hard to explain
0: is that gonna do you think you're gonna be able to use that when you're like looking at maps for i don't think so because
1: everything's so like digital nowadays with foreflight you just look at it and it shows you like everything calculates your ground speed tells you your yeah your yeah it tells you everything you need to know but it is cool to learn about how the ogs used to do it about yeah maps and flipping it and having other maps in your backseat ready to go with your line drawn and like you have to like find visual reference or otherwise you're gonna get lost yeah and like getting lost without a gps flying around would be pretty scary dude it'd be trippy
0: so you're pretty much learning it but knowing that like once you're done you're just gonna revert to like the new technology kind of thing
1: yes and no like what if your phone dies or something (laughs) like it's good to know it's up Yeah, yeah like
0: it's really good to know know what's up yeah while you're out there Mm -hmm. are you nervous about all that stuff yeah i am Honestly, i'm
1: pretty nervous about it all yeah just you know like it's such a crazy thing just flying around in a bus plane you want to like know your stuff and keep you and your people you're with safe yeah special cargo yeah
0: yeah it's good though like i feel like the nerves as much as like you don't probably like the feeling like it's good to have them because it keeps you really tight exactly yeah yeah yeah. And
1: it's so cool to learn something all over again for almost from scratch. Like, yeah, it like takes my mind off snowboarding for a little bit while yeah. like throughout my couple knee surgeries I've had to go through and stuff. So like, it's just so good to have something so fresh and like something that like yeah. you don't have to rely so much on your body for it. Like exactly. I feel like I'll be able to fly as long as I want, as long as my vision and I stay healthy and stuff like,
0: yeah, yeah, it's kind of evergreen like yeah. you can go as long as you Yeah. Is that kind of what sparked it though? Is looking for something to Yeah,
1: looking for something that like I can still have a lot of fun with that's a cool tool. Yeah. And like out here in the mountains like everything is so far apart for how close it is just cuz driving around the mountain and stuff like yeah, it, like Pemberton to Squamish in the plane is only like 20 minutes. So yeah. it's pretty, pretty cool, cool for that like to go to Tofino, it's only an hour and stuff. Like it makes everything Yeah so much closer
0: yeah you you're like your world really opens up Mm -hmm. everywhere and
1: i feel like it's a pretty good move general aviation i feel like it's gonna grow quite a bit because of the COVID stuff i don't know like how much they're gonna change travel and like i've heard some crazy things that like they're you're gonna need vaccinations to travel and if you don't have a vaccination the whole airport process is so much Earlier, because you have to like show up a couple hours earlier and go through a bunch of testing and stuff. I don't know how true all that is, but I feel like yeah. people are gonna.
0: But like having that fly around by themselves more, yeah, you know? having that <laughs> like, freedom, you'll just yeah. be able to do your thing. Yeah, yeah. Did it help that like we have a bunch of homies that have planes and stuff? Yeah, and it did. Me. It really
1: they really sparked the interest. Yeah. Like sparked my fire, I guess you could say for. Flying because it's so cool and you can have so much fun with it and like it is yeah. such like a cool thing. You know, Charles Reed and Roy Bushfield, they're both badass pilots and I come to them a
0: lot for flying. They're yeah. pretty, pretty on point. You've been dreaming about like just thinking about taking the planes over to Tofino. Yeah, I mean, shit. I've been
1: like when you're studying, you're always thinking, keeping your stoke going to keep studying because yeah. it's hard to. Just be in the books a ton for hours and hours and hours and not fly too much. Yeah. Like, but you know it's obviously going to pay off. Because I think (laughs) about, like, all the time I have to invest in studying compared to, like, the rest of my life for
0: flying. It, like, doesn't even compare. Yeah. Probably a good skill, too. Yeah. I mean, when did you stop kind of going to high school?
1: I was, like, I somehow got my grade 12 but like yeah. I didn't really go too much the to all of high school like yeah. I kind of started traveling a lot for snowboarding in grade eight ish and then throughout high school like I was only there like a handful of days a week if not like a handful of days a month sometimes like yeah. but I had a pretty good tutor that would like really just give me the crunch you know like I just really? put a couple days in with him Shit. and get a lot done and but honestly, it's, like, even working on my pilot's license after not going to school for probably five, seven years at least, like, it I had to relearn how to learn straight up. Yeah. Like, it, like writing stuff down and, like, reading it over again and, like, making other notes from your notes and stuff, like, to actually retain the information and remember it a month from now. It's,
0: like, I had to... Yeah, that whole learn, process. Yeah, I feel like you probably care a lot more too, or at yeah. least I would. Like Yeah, for sure. In high school it was kinda like yeah. Just figure out how I to game it care, so you can get yeah. it through. But this you'd like you wanna have that information in your head so you're trying to figure out ways to like keep your shit tight. Yeah. Are you taking like log and shit while you're studying? Or, yeah. Like, notes and stuff? Well, I'm
1: not like logging my hours of studying, but like I have a logbook for my time in the plane, obviously, and I have I have like I think seven notebooks now filled from Front to back page of just notes and stuff. Damn.
0: That's respectable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Crazy. When do you think... If it all goes well, when do you think you're in the air? Like solo.
1: Um, I think I'll be able to get my license. I'm hoping for four weeks from now. Four I'll weeks. be able to write the test and by then I'll be done. Because I only need like 10 more hours flying okay. in the plane. Yeah. Maybe... 15, I think, 40, 45 minimum hours. Yeah. And I'm like 31. So, like, it's not, it's just, like, just a handful of days of flying. My instructor wants to do
0: three-hour blocks. and Yeah. What's the hands-on learning been like? Like, the learning that's actually in the plane, is that stressful or is it?
1: Um, yeah, it's pretty scary. Like, you have to put a lot of trust in your instructor because yeah. some things just feel so wrong and, like, they're, like, some things just feel crazy. Like, oh, man, I can't even explain it. Their instructors are just so good like they just have so
0: many hours and so much finesse with the plane it's my uh my dad told me about this one instructor he had he was like ex-military guy and super hard ass and he said like he'd look you dead in the eyes before they went flying he's like I'm not dying today shit like that where he'd be like really hard on him and just no bullshit he said that was like added the stress on top and then he had other instructors or like guys he flew with that were just super laid back but so it really probably depends like you want to have a guy that you can trust but... yeah
1: exactly you want to have faith in your instructor and yeah you want to learn from your instructor obviously too so you hope they're good at like teaching and yeah
0: and be like yeah good with you and give yeah. give you the information you need know yeah. so that'd be nice to have the plane because you're just um just sort of rounding your recovery no for, yeah like, <laughs> Yep. <days. laughs> broke
1: my patella
0: like three months ago yeah
1: and i just had a ct scan the other day and met with the a surgeon yeah and they had talked to my surgeon who did the surgery and they w- looked at the ct scan together and we had a conference call and it like the bone looks like it's healed very well and wow they were super impressed with how like underneath the kneecap, how smooth it is and stuff, because they were a little bit worried because there was in a couple of different pieces about how to put it back together uh-huh. and then not Get too much catch callus. or, or yeah. like, underneath it too. Like, the other pieces could be. It's like putting a puzzle piece together with no table under it. So yeah. it's kind of like you just have to put it all together and then hope it heals right. God damn. And it did, so I'm thankful. Yeah, that's it was a, side a pretty route. complicated surgery, they were saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, over the moon. Mm hmm. I hear that really helps like I remember when I broke my hand they talked about like screwing it all together really helps um mm-hmm. to not get like too much bone mass on the outside mm-hmm. of it and shit like that. Heals a lot better. Yeah. But that being your third one was it like kind of overwhelming? It was at first
1: like obviously having two ACLs in 3 years I was like and I hurt my knee again I was just devastated. I was like oh my god looking at a whole nother year recovery just tripping me out i was like so devastated like felt sick to my stomach over it all and then less than an hour later they had the x-ray done and they said knew it was just a broken bone and they're like three months you're gonna be able to shred and do almost whatever you want like it's not gonna take nearly as long as the other two so yeah yeah i've just been putting in a ton of work of working out and trying to build my muscle back now that it it's all healed and
0: yeah. Good to go. Do you think it's been, I mean, it'd be like harder because of COVID being on? Or do you think it's given you the time? Like, It's given me the time to just be
1: okay with really doing nothing. Because <laughs> <So> everyone, <laughs> yeah. all my close friends, everyone's just doing nothing. So it's really been like a, almost like a weight off the shoulders to just be able to do nothing and feel okay about it. And yeah. Cuts the have Jamie off. around a ton more and all my friends and stuff. It's good.
0: Yeah yeah cause that'd be tough like Jamie would've been traveling for a lot of the first two yeah yeah was it tough to keep motivated when you were like like going especially the first two like to keep on the strength stuff for sure
1: straight up it really was at times especially the second one I did like a full year rehab of just working the knee all the time and excuse me I was so over it straight up like when I hurt my knee the third time I was like I'm going to quit snowboard and I don't want to fucking do this to myself anymore. Like, this sucks so bad. And, like, just being in pain all the time and just having to just live the knee life. Yeah. Try to make all your decisions around what's going to be the best for your knee and stuff. It's just really got to me over some time. and Yeah. Um, but to, like, as you get better and better, like, you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you're like, okay. I'm starting to feel good now. Like, when am I gonna be able to shred? And when's like when's this gonna be all healed? And like, like I'm like I've been snowboarding since my surgery. I haven't like went out and shredded. I just yeah. went and cruised. But like, I'm so excited to go send again. And yeah, feels pretty. Feels really good, especially with the whole COVID thing. Not a lot of physio. Not a lot of yeah gym work and stuff. True. Like, feels insanely well. well for yeah, all things considered.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you'd kind of like get on your board do a couple of turns and you still know what you went through but you kind of forget a little yeah, bit. yeah you, like... you do <laughs> like you're like okay this is sweet it feels good it doesn't hurt like this is awesome I love snowboarding yeah it's crazy what that'll do like just a couple of turns you know like everything's good like, yeah I'm back like
1: so good yeah so good for the soul it really is
0: yeah yeah I i think i would have really struggled like just the length of those recoveries is really hard mm-hmm. like even now like looking forward we're like we don't really know when we're going to snowboard again and i find it tough to be like still keeping like your routines of stretching and working out because you're like i don't know when the next time of riding is mm-hmm. so it's sick you like fucking hammered it through and you know, mm-hmm. got on board
1: because I just didn't want to have a bad knee like I just wanted to like heal my knee whether it's for snowboarding or for anything you know yeah. like I just want to have a good knee and a healthy body and
0: for life feel
1: yeah. good every day yeah. like even into my 50s and 60s or whatever like I want to like try and take care of my body especially after a couple knee surgeries
0: now I need to take extra care yeah. yeah yeah you're trying to hold it tight be nice though like you're like you are talking about there with it, just kind of holds like a part of your brain for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like you're always kind of making decisions around it. It'd be nice to just be like, okay, now I'm making like decisions for like just tie, mm-hmm. not tying my knee kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. And
1: yeah, since it's actually even been, I got the news a couple of days ago yeah. that it's bones healed. it all looks good and stuff. That's also been another weight off my shoulders to be like, okay, bones healed. It's good to go. Now I just need to build my muscle back and I can send again and.
0: and It's going to be good to go. Yeah, you can trust in the the structure of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, the kneecap sounds gnarly. I'm happy that yours came back together. I know. I'm
1: stoked. Thank you. I'm reading I've read a lot about it, a bunch of different cases, and yeah, some healed super well, and some just never healed right. Yeah. I was reading all these things, and it was just tripping me out when I was in the first couple weeks of healing, and I was like, this is the worst, (laughs) like... (laughs) It's the worst,
0: like googling your symptoms, it just yeah. tells you you're gonna die for sure. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, like Taylor Gold did it, I think, and Marcus Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But dude, Taylor, he was on one this winter. Yeah, It was like, but it was two years for him, I think, before or even
1: more. Back. I think it might have even been two and a half, almost three years. Like, yeah. that was a whole different situation, though. He was on a hard toe yeah. turn preseason and ripped his kneecap right off. Like, it wasn't even.
0: Dude, that seems so crazy oh so it was like Attacks. ligament damage and stuff like that yeah
1: but I, but I don't know like what kind of ligament damage but I just know his kneecap got like ripped, ripped, off. ripped off holy shit yeah. that is so crazy
0: mm-hmm. yeah yours is crazy because it just popped on impact it just right? popped
1: on impact yeah so like they yeah. during my second ACL surgery they did a quad tendon graft yeah and they took like a little piece of bone out of the top of the kneecap right to go into the ACL as a bone screw so like they could just there's like a little hole that they put the new tendon through okay where the acl is you know and then they have the piece of bone that goes into the hole at the end and like Uh, they don't need to use a screw so it's a really nice thing to have a bone plug in there yeah and like the bone was supposed to just heal obviously in the kneecap but it didn't fill in right like they said when they went in there they could see that it was almost like, a, almost like a bit of like a, like a honeycomb kind of texture. Like, like really in the bone, swollen. it wasn't like... It was a different texture in the half pipe, they called it, because it was almost like a bowled out little horseshoe thing of bone they took out. Yeah. And it was like a honeycomb in there, and it, it just created a really weak spot. Yeah. And um, I remember the day before I did a cab nine and landed really hard on my heels and hurt it, and I think I like pulled it or stressed it or
0: like Like hairline hairline
1: fracture because it really hurt and then the next day I did a back 12 and landed perfectly and it just pulled the kneecap in half so like I think there had to have been a hairline crack because before I obviously competed I was up in Black Park doing a ton of different stuff and putting it through massive impacts, and it was all good like it was it was a proper rehab and it was like healed took a year the Canadian team was so so gentle at first, and then pushed me so hard in the end, and I wasn't even allowed to go snowboard most of December. Yeah. And I was doing like the most intense workouts in the gym, and I was trying to wrap my head around like how, like, how am I not allowed to snowboard yet? But I'm doing all this in the gym, and yeah. it was, I guess, for a bigger purpose to not have another seat, knee surgery. And I guess the bone just
0: it was didn't allow for
1: that. Road. Yeah, the bone just broke. Yeah. But now with the screws and everything, like that. That They clean that old bone out and it's all healed up and the new screws are through there and the bone is all healed perfectly and it's good to go.
0: Yeah. You're freaking jacked, dude. You just ripped it in two. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you put in the work to keep it strong. That's a crazy story, dude. Crazy a, story. Yeah.
1: just pulled her in half.
0: Yeah. What was... It? Yeah. Was it hard dealing with, like, having, you know, you're you're taking in so much input from so many different people, and, like, then you have to, like, look at your knee and, like, make your own calls? Yeah, it was,
1: well, honestly, like, okay, so I landed the back 12, and then I was yeah. going into the next jump, and then I was like, okay, wait, what the hell just happened to my knee? No way, it wasn't my ACL, like, this is a weird thing, like, what just happened? Yeah. And then, like, I'm already on the takeoff to the jump, and I was going to do a cap 14, and... I was just so i guess in flow state i wasn't really (laughs) thinking about my knee i was just thinking about what's in front of me yeah and as soon as i took off i was like oh my god this is not not okay and then i landed and kind of just put all my weight on my okay leg and then i was like okay i'm gonna do a little bit of a a test and i'm gonna put some serious weight into this and see how it is and yeah it just gave out right away i fell over and i just knew i was like oh my god what happened what happened and I could feel like something was seriously wrong with my quad it felt like and I pulled my snow pants down and on top of my uh my knee it looked like if you cut a lacrosse ball in half it was just like a horseshoe shaped in here no way yeah and like if you the other side of the lacrosse ball was like quarter way up my quad on the inside and it was just a big ball and I was just sitting there with my snow pants on and I could like I had so much adrenaline going I could flex the muscle and I could see underneath the kneecap where the stuff was like pulling on the skin you know like I could see the (sighs) tendons and some skin was caught underneath and it was like wrinkling around where it was pulling and it just looked so gnarly. And I had no idea what happened. And the first two times I hurt my knee to yeah. get ACL surgery, it wasn't bad at all. Like, I kept snowboarding the one day. Yeah. And then the next time I rode down the rest of the mountain, like, it didn't feel that bad.
0: Yeah. And I was
1: looking down at this, like, oh, my God. This is <sighs> serious. Like, ACL is nothing. This looks like it's going to be a <laughs> five-year recovery. This is, like, what did I just do to my knee? And then I got in the, I, like, like, the ski patrol comes over and i'm like looking at it and i just pull my snow pants off i'm trying not to think about it and i can see my mom off to the side and oh. trying not to freak her out and ski patrol's like let me like let me see and i like show him and he gasps he's like is that supposed to look like that no and i was like <laughs> and then i just pull my pants back on i'm trying not to talk to him because i'm just so bummed and like yeah. i'm like he's not helping me like i
0: yeah he's he's like freaking he's out. freaking out and i'm like
1: <laughs> and then he's like is it supposed to look like that mate and i was like bro don't call me mate. And no, it's not supposed to look like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. does your knee look like that? And uh, I, it was hard to not have some serious attitude because I was just like, what well, just dude, happened to my knee? Yeah. Anyways, they put me on this toboggan and they're taking me down. And then I see Mikey Cicerelli and Jeremy Shepard, our strength coach, running up. And I was like, boys, man, I'm done. I tore my quad off my knee. That's
0: And then bigger, I thought yeah.
1: I tore my quad off my knee because yeah. it didn't make sense to have any bone. I thought like, yeah like i thought i just just pulled off off the kneecap like i've heard of that happening and i was also thinking like how on earth are they gonna put my quad back on my knee like i've heard that with achilles too like that's a pretty it's hard heavy one and and i pulled out my snow pants because i tell jared's like bro i ripped my quad off my knee and he's like no you didn't no way and i show it and he gasps too and i was like man like something's seriously wrong in there and it (sighs) hurts so bad and then like to get from the toboggan into the wheelchair and the wheelchair into the ambulance and it all just hurt so bad like i couldn't even my leg was straight and i couldn't even lift my heel off the ground like i couldn't even think to do that like any little bit of quad movement just hurt so bad because i guess it would just like pull on the kneecap oh i don't know It just just all
0: missing in there man it hurt
1: so bad and even since then I've been dealing with quite a lot of knee pain, like just in the evenings. Yeah, just doesn't really matter what I do. It could be like five days of rain. All I'm doing is studying and stretching and rolling, not even trying to work out too much at the beginning, just trying to rest it. And it would still just hurt so bad. And it, now that it's been a little bit over three months, it doesn't hurt as bad. And it's really like, I can still do a lot of activities and dirt bike and mountain bike and work out heavily. And like, yeah. Do a lot of stuff and it doesn't hurt as bad as even when I was chilling. So I have faith that it's only gonna continue to get better and not
0: Yeah. And you know. feel like you're still on the up and up. Yeah, like I'm still getting... I'm still on the come up. Improving. Improving. You excited to get some summer sports in? Like I am you know, man, I, I am. <laughs> I'm very excited.
1: It's like the last summer I wasn't obviously healthy cause my ACL and yeah. the ACL is such like, a, like you're healthy, you feel good, but you're right. not allowed to do anything. So it's almost torturous. And now I feel ready to do some stuff. Like I've already been, like I was just saying, dirt biking a bunch and mountain yeah. biking. And I haven't even like used my dirt bike in two or three years really. Cause I've mm-hmm. all my knee stuff and now that the bones healed and It's all feeling good. I'm doing some pretty heavy workouts at home and Sick. trying to really yeah beef up beef beef the knee up and get it ready for some summer fun so <laughs> <laughs> snowboarding too i hopefully uh want to go down to mount hood and try yeah. and shred and but it just all depends if the border's open and what the situation
0: yeah i've been thinking of too. i don't know. It'd be fun, though, dude, if we did, like, an RV trip or, like, a camp trip. Big and... homie camp yeah. trip
1: down the coast, surfing and going and shred and surf some more. Yeah. It'd be sick. Have you ever been to Hood before? I've never been. Oh, I've been to Hood on a spring shoot, but the oh. mountain was closed. Oh, so, like, okay. we just, like, 10 of us went and hiked around and just didn't get the Hood effect. I want to yeah. go
0: to summer camp there. It looks so fun. Summer shredding is the funnest. Yeah. I love that shit. It is. Yeah. Be good if we get a crew down there. But it's... Dude, it's so unknown. Like, it's so. I don't even know when we're going to find out. But it, I guess it's, I mean, it means a lot to us, but it's kind of small potatoes, I guess, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, so. like,
1: when can we shred? It's like, what about, <laughs> like, when the, when's the world going to work again? Like, yeah. When, when, when's going to happen?
0: Well, and we're lucky, too, that, like, we don't have to travel to have a lot of fun shit. Like, the For... whole Cedar Sky corridor is so sick. Exactly.
1: It's so good up here. It's, yeah. It's nice to have all the different activities in the backyard you can go like it's crazy out here snowboarding and golfing and yeah like
0: wakeboarding you can do it all in one day it's crazy dude i mike did uh, nine holes of golf and then we went into the backcountry the same day <laughs> <laughs> he was rotten <laughs> i think he skated at the end of the day too yeah yeah it's a cool place for that that's awesome yeah do you think he'd ever leave no you're locking
1: in I don't know like I mean it's pretty hard to beat the see the sky especially because I've been living here seven years yeah exploring very heavily yeah. and I'm still finding new stuff all the time and hearing of new things and I'm like it's just unlimited out here like there's yeah. so much backcountry and so much unexplored terrain
0: yeah still never, never see yourself going back to Ontario don't think
1: I mean I always want to visit but yeah. I don't think I want to live out there I feel like yeah. I wanna be in the mountains and What's what's you're from North Bay, right? Yeah.
0: What's it like? I've never never been that far. North
1: Bay's sick. There's yeah. a lot of like lakes and rivers and ponds and like there's just yeah. so much water out there like really? flying over. You should see it. It's just like there's and a the little bit south is Muskokas and it's even more Yeah. Lake action.
0: I've been up like as high as Aurelia. That's mm-hmm. about it. It's kinda of cottage country. Yeah. It's, cottage yeah. country. Yeah.
1: North Bay is pretty fun. It's uh like, obviously not as much to do as to see the sky. It's probably, like, everyone's hometown. It's a lot, a lot more chilling and fishing. and Yeah. Are
0: you, know, you north enough to be, like, kind of, like, upper Ontario redneck style? Or is oh, it, yeah. Oh, man. really? North Bay is pretty. <laughs> so north Bay like, is pretty, uh, yeah, redneck.
1: It's really fun. And, like, I feel like that's why I'm, like, so into things like dirt biking and yeah. flying and machines and stuff. Because, like, that's what me and my homies did every day after school like we yeah. would dirt bike and four-wheeler and just always be out doing things and yeah. trying to build moto jumps and like that was our skate park you know like we, yeah. like our road was like the worst it was like not gravel but not paved it was like such hard packed yeah dirt so like growing up on a dirt road essentially like oh so you
0: can just burn we, down it yeah we didn't just like just skate. skate and things yeah. like oh yeah like yeah you don't have unless you got a carport you're not yeah gonna, yeah go down the road and do a kickflip your yeah. deck won't move kind of thing yeah yeah now you can tell though it's, it's like it look like just from the way you handle anything with a motor <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's been under you for quite a while
1: yeah i actually my my dad's so awesome he was always like me as a kid and just wanted to play and yeah dirt bike and I just get after it and I actually got a snowmobile from my, when I was two years old. I didn't even <laughs> know what it was. My mom has a, like a home video of me walking into the living room. And it's like a mini, one, it's like a 100 skidoo. It was a 120 MXZ. 120? And, yeah, yeah. And it was like yeah. this tiny little.
0: Yeah.
1: It was like, oh man, like between knee and waist height and yeah. like maybe two or three feet long. And I'd just rip it every every day. I ripped it until like I was probably seven or eight. And. I remember the guy opened the hood and looked at me and my dad. He's like, was this thing on fire? It was just <laughs> black on the inside from belt smoke and everything. Yeah. And I was like, yup. He's hard on things. It was so funny. That's sick. So funny.
0: You must be like, you ever get hang tops on that thing?
1: My next <laughs> sled, I moved up to a grand touring three eighty. Okay. And I was jumping that
0: thing a lot more. Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I like those. It's like, I've written some, like, Scandic 400s and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so fun. There's so much, like, they're so small and nimble, and you, yeah. like, rip around. Big windshields, though, usually. Long valleys, yeah. <laughs> like, they're so funny. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. It's funny how capable they are, too, like, you yeah. rip one around you're like i mean you can't couldn't go anywhere out here but like, no fun to have. And it's uh, so
1: crazy like my first like my first mountain slide out here looking back and seeing a three four <laughs> feet of tunnel yeah and now my side is probably even five feet longer than what i grew up on like yeah like, ran a long track and what's the track on the polaris 163 63 yeah yeah they're thinner than and i think like the sled i grew up on was a 120
0: 120 like track 121 yeah, yeah. inches yeah i think oh dude that was probably good for that time too yeah. i'd be like half inch paddle the <laughs> now they're <laughs> running like three inch paddles yeah yeah sledding back you know east coast is so much different than out here mm-hmm. yeah. just going fast on lakes and mm-hmm. trails and stuff it's sick there though like i drove from ottawa to to ontario this past winter and dude it was just like sled tracks all down the highway like dudes just ditch bang go house to house like it's way different
1: it's way different yeah. like like you're just saying i used to ride my sled over to my friends places and yeah. all the time like every night i just pull up by you know, the dirt bike or sled and get just them, see. and we go out and get other friends and it was a really cool system like trails just it's, everywhere like if you yeah. imagine doing that in whistler imagine I if i know. left my place on my sled and took a yeah. trail around to here but there's just mountains you say it's yeah. way harder to yeah create It's seems loose now though.
0: like they'll just rip them down the side of the road like True. imagine just west side just in your head <laughs> <laughs> so funny yeah i wish but it would i feel like the, those well actually i don't know but are the east coast sleds a little quieter than the mountain sleds do you think?
1: depends some people are always putting cans on here yeah. and there and berries big time
0: yeah yeah the mountain sleds they put out some they sound good when they're mm-hmm. open, nice and loud, though. Yeah. Cool. Cool, dude. Thank you for coming. Ty. I really it's a appreciate pleasure, you being
1: man. Here. I, I've been meaning to. We've talked about it a couple times now, and yeah, I was like, okay, I've got to do it. Got to <laughs> do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you shared some really good insight. I think people will be super stoked.
1: Boom. Cool. Okay, I've been wondering this. How's this pull out? Straight this way. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh like, yeah, you're looking at. I was the, looking at it like the there's
0: no way. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I want to thank Ty again for coming on. I appreciate him sharing those stories and I uh, hope you found some value in it. Um, I thought I'd finish this one off with a couple podcasts I've listened to recently that I quite enjoyed. Uh, started off with a classic JRE shout-out, Joe Rogan. Um, number 836 with Hannibal Buress. Uh, it's pretty funny. They get quite intoxicated and... That's pretty much the gist of it. And then the last is The Bomb Hole. Uh, I've listened to a couple. They've all been really good. If you haven't heard, give it a go. If you feel like it, you can do it, want. Anyways, all right. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you soon.